Life Audio. Hey, welcome to God's Love for the Unlovable. This weekend, very reluctantly, and I'm just being honest, I went with my wife to watch the latest summer blockbuster, the Barbie movie. My two adult girls told me that I should go and see it, and I'm learning to hear and trust their voices even more than I ever have. Spoiler alert, I'm going to assume that you've seen it, so I'm going to be very specific where I can be. Bottom line, honest up front, it was not my favorite movie. I give it a 6 out of 10, uh, but I would be remiss to not point out it is a huge summer blockbuster. So many people, particularly women, are loving it, life-changing, some say, and I respect that. Hey, it grossed over $330 million in its opening weekend. And I should say, in my defense, I never had a Barbie, so I missed a lot of the inside jokes. And also, I didn't have uh, pink clothes to wear, and I was surrounded by a sea of ladies, old and young, who were wearing Barbie pink. It was quite an extravaganza. So, no mansplaining here in this review. I actually resonated more with the monologue from America Ferreira more than I did with anything Ken ever said, either in Barbie Land or the real world. There are some real authentic topics in the monologue alone, and I feel like I can add aspects of the gospel on top of that dialogue, the film's dialogue, not as just a man, but as a human being, a Christian, a follower of Jesus. The gospel of the love of God for those who feel unlovable, unloved, or unlovely, or who struggle to feel more lovable, more loved, and more lovely. It's not exclusively a a female issue or a male issue. In our culture, though, women do struggle way more than men. The deck is stacked against them in general. I think that the question that the film raises, not just who am I, but to quote one of the songs that should get an Oscar nod, what was I made for? Those questions are not limited to either sex. Males and females both need external help in finding ourselves and experiencing our value, our worth, identity, uh, being appreciated, relationships. That's true for Barbie or Ken. So I believe that the field gets more level societally as we move into the measuring gaze of Christ more. I'm Dr. Bill Sinyard, and this is God's love for the unlovable in pink. We'll get back into my thoughts and what I learned from the Barbie movie right after these words from our sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So as I mentioned, I give the movie a 6 out of 10. A couple of negatives for me up top. 
Uh, lots of positives, but first the negatives. Will Ferrell's over the top, and in my opinion, out of sync portrayal as the Mattel CEO. Yeah, I believe that his antics were predictable, uh, very Ferrell-esque, and for me, just a distraction to the movie. And I would say that's the only single blemish of poor casting among the so many other examples of great casting. Also, at times, the script seemed bloated and moving and confusing and, you know, conflicting directions. For me, it took the important monologue by Ferreira to return the important focus of the film. But it has become this year's cultural phenom. And worth digging into deeper, here's some things that I found positive from a film value. First, it has created a lot of Oscar buzz, cultural buzz, Oscar attention. It could win... I'm thinking 10 nominations, Best Picture, Best Actor, Best Director, two Best Supporting Actors, Production Design, Makeup and Hairstyling, Costume Design, maybe two Best Original Songs, What Was I Made For, my favorite, and Dance the Night. (laughs) That kind of buzz hasn't happened for a long time. I personally like it for Best Director, Supporting Actor for Ryan Gosling, Production Design, and like I said, one of the songs. So even if I didn't love it, 6 out of 10, Barbie has a heck of a lot going for it and it's becoming very popular. Hey, let's face it, for Barbie aficionados, the film was just feel-good comfort food fun. Uh, But to disagree with Whoopi Goldberg on The View, it really was more than just a movie about a doll. So also the presentation of Barbie Land, very impressive, Academy-worthy, a hell of a lot of pink, Also, tip of the hat to Ryan Gosling, spot-on, endearing, funny Ken. Uh, He had the best lines by far, and he worked it. America Ferreira's subtle, authentic portrayal of a real-world, frustrated, in-knots mother Gloria, and more on her in a minute. Lastly, what more can be said about Margot Robbie's Barbie? She was Barbie, and Amy Schumer almost got that role, and that would have dramatically changed the texture and feel of the movie, just saying. Second point, positive, director Greta Gerwig. She's proven once again that she is a powerhouse, a reminder of who she is. She co-wrote Barbie with Noah Baumbach. She also wrote, directed the sensitive, insightful female coming-of-age films Lady Bird in 2017 and Little Women in 2019, both of which earned Oscar nominations for Best Picture. She also received the Oscar nomination for Best Director, Best Original Screenplay for Lady Bird. Gerwig was listed in the annual Times 100 list of the most influential people in the world in 2018. Gerwig seems to be able to empathetically give voice to today's women, old and young. So her work is on spot, and it should be heard, should be wrestled with, and should be understood and dialogued with. She has helped so many, uh, including men, better understand the struggles, anxieties, the searching for worth and identity among frustrated women today in our largely patriarchal society. So as a man, I've learned a lot from her. I think her work is never more important than today. The CDC says that 60% of teenage girls experience persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. Something's got to change. Gerwig told the New York Times that my hope for the movie is that it is an invitation for everybody to be part of the party and to let go of things that aren't necessarily serving us as either men or women. I love it. By the way, we're going to see her again. She's directing Netflix's new series, Chronicles of Narnia. Love to see what she's going to do with that.
Third point, Barbie, like I said, has in just a short time become a cultural phenom. It's the summer of pink here, to be sure. And here are some published testimonies without comment. The New York Times said, The Barbie doll perfectly encapsulates changing ideas about girls and women, our Barbies, ourselves. A particular TikTok influencer, Brooke James, gave it a 3 out of 10, saying that it felt fake to her. One parent said, the women in my audience responded to the Ferreira character in a way that indicated they felt deeply understood. A man said, the whole message is that men and women are equal. Variety, Barbie is a perfection. America Magazine, Barbie is a 114-minute commercial for a doll. NPR, it's a corporate propaganda piece. Whoopi Goldberg on The View, it's a movie. It's a movie about a doll. Fox News, the left has given Barbie a complete feminist makeover. Movie Guide, a Christian fundamentalist site. Barbie promotes the idea that women and men should be independent, totally self-determining beings, and has some strong politically correct leftist attacks on society, specifically the patriarchy, and strong implied attacks against the biblical system of the family. Senator Ted Cruz called it Chinese propaganda. So, so there you are. Uh, like I said, lots of buzz. So here's a brief review. Again, spoiler alert. If you hadn't seen the movie, this won't help. Margot Robbie plays stereotypical Barbie and lives with all of the other Barbies in Barbie land. So for women who played with Barbies, this is a big time comfort food. In Barbie land, the women are in charge. They are self-confident. They're independent. They're successful. And in a term that I use from attachment theory and other courses I've taught, they feel enoughness all the time. And with each other, by the way, with other Barbies. And they just don't need kids. They hold all of the so-called important jobs, doctors, lawyers, president, and Supreme Court judges. I love that hit. That sharply contrasts with the male Ken dolls who don't feel enoughness or connectedness. Ken, Ryan Gosling, says that he is only happy when he is with Barbie. He is always Barbie and Ken, right? The marketing ploy. Never just Ken. I love it. But Barbie rebuffs Ken's humorous advances to be more intimate. They really are funny. In Barbie land, Barbies don't need Ken's. Ken's need and don't have Barbies. Look, it's not exactly a perfect place. But then Barbie wakes up in an existential crisis. She has thoughts of dying. Her feet go flat. Pretty funny. And she even starts having cellulite. Weird Barbie tells her she needs to go to the real world and find her owner child. Ken stows away in the car. In the real world, and by the way, check that, it's Venice Beach, so no one here considers that a great choice for real world. Barbie finds out that her issues were catalyzed by Gloria, America Ferrara, a frustrated, underappreciated mother and uh, uh, underachieving Mattel employee. She has started playing with her daughter's Barbie to try to recapture some of that hope she had when she was just a girl. But alas, she's in the real world. So are you confused yet? In the meantime, Ken is enthralled by the role of men in the real world. He says that for the first time in his life, he feels respected. Someone even responded to him. <laughs> he brings that new philosophy back to Barbie land. And quickly, the men take over and indoctrinate the Barbies into submissive roles. And this is, in fact, the, one of the film's tongue-in-cheeks commentary on the real world that women are resonating with. 
So, because now in Barbie land, men are in charge and the women are brainwashed to be happy as submissive secondary class. And all right, ladies, let me ask a question. Is that the way it is? Is that what you're feeling? Tell me, Bill at gospel-app.com. Let me keep going. This is when Gloria gives her inspirational speech, the center of the movie, about the real world's conflicting expectations of women. And in the end, her speech magically makes the brainwashed Barbies wake up from their kin-induced stupor and they regain their rightful control of Barbie land. Happily ever after? Maybe not. (laughs) So here is where I think I can add to the dialogue. So I'm accepting Gloria's speech at face value, that that's a real deal. So many women are resonating with that. So I'm, I'm listening, right? And no judgment for me. I want to see if the gospel of God's love for those who are feeling that um, kind of maybe it scratches some of the real heartfelt issues and questions. And look, look, before I talk about it, here's some testimonies from real people who, who heard the monologue. And by the way, it took 30 takes to get that right. Gerwig said, I was just sobbing. And then I looked around and realized that everybody's crying on the set. The men are crying, too, because they have their own speech they feel they can't ever give, you know. And they have their twin tightrope, which is also painful. Well, the USA Today says that it was inspiring yet simmering with rage. The speech has resonated strongly with moviegoers. Women and men have tweeted that the scene made them cry and said it even earned applause at many screenings. Others are saying that Ferrara deserves the Best Supporting Actress nomination for her brilliant and beautiful delivery of the monologue. We'll see. Ola Magazine writes, Ferreira's character, Gloria, represents a real-life woman. Her monologue highlights the challenging and conflicting expectations that women have to face in today's world. E.T. says, Gerwig crafted Gloria's speech as an encapsulation of the impossible struggle for perfection that many women feel acutely every day. And the fact that she's delivering it to the commercial embodiment of the perfect woman only makes it more powerful. Yeah, I think I like that. Ferrera's point of view, she says, there's no woman in my life who those words aren't true for. Not a single one. And when we hear the truth, it hits in a certain way, and you can't unhear it, right? Well, this is a good place to take a break. For our sponsors, we will be right back. So here's Gloria's mic drop moment. Enjoy. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You're so beautiful and so smart, and it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin, and you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior. Sorry about that. Which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be part of the sisterhood. 
but always stand out and always be grateful, but never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. Yeah, I, I get it. Women, I hear it. From the movie, from the voices of my two girls, my wife, from other women, I will not say that I totally know what you're experiencing. I won't. I can say that I have experienced a lot of what Gloria was saying, a little or a lot too as a man, but it's different. I get that. Amen to the words and the sentiment in Gloria's speech. I hear you. Women are disadvantaged, frustrated playing in an uneven playing field, and it's not right, it's not just, it's not fair. You deserve so much more. It's your legacy and inheritance as co-equal, co-image bearers of God. So, Gloria, are you saying that it's impossible to be happy as a woman in this world or feel enough or feel appreciated, a success, whole, feel good about yourself, to find out what you're made for, the song? Yeah, uh, man, I'm not knocking that. I feel some of those things, too, as me. Uh, it's maddening. But again, Gloria, are you saying that women in particular feel like they have to do fill in the blank in order to feel good about themselves, to get approval from others, to succeed, to be seen as enough, to be seen as a credible person, to get praise, notice, to get a chance to lead? I mean, Gloria, do you think that if you only did those things more or enough, whatever enough means, you would be happier and more fulfilled? And if you say yes... I'm going to agree with you, me, as a man, because I have those same concerns and questions and issues every day, even from my male position and all the cultural advantages that brings. Yeah, it's a rigged system. That's right. Got to be frustrated. And you want to be noticed equally. You want to have the same opportunities to make it, to be acknowledged, to to make a difference, to earn a name for yourself without all those pressures being put on you to get to the top of the heap because of your efforts and gifts, not because you're this or that sex. But look, even if the tables were turned, as we have found out in the movie, being in charge is nice, but it didn't actually satisfy the real needs inside the, our brains for authentic experience of value, being appreciated for as we are, not just any sex. I mean, we men should resonate with that. I do. You don't really think that males are filled with enoughness and worth because of the cultural advantages we've received, do you? I mean, yeah, it puts us in a positive place, right? But those things don't give us that. They never were designed to. See, I often feel a lot like Ken, (laughs) without the ripped body or the ability to dance and sing. Not many men here that I know of, that I talk to, really feel valued when they're honest or honored, even with the leg up society has given us. I think we're all frustrated. Should males and females be on equal playing fields? Yes. Do males have stuff to answer for? Yes. I'm just saying that Barbie's identity and the answer to the question, what was I made for, will never be fully sourced from kin, Barbie land, or the real world, and vice versa. Right? That's what I have found is our core problem. Humanities, I think that the beginning of the solution, a little or a lot, starts off with God. Remember, he is the perfect one 
whose identity is reflected by both man and woman equally above my pay grade. But I'm learning that we are designed men and women, kins and Barbies, to be fully dependent upon God primarily. Our prime sense, our core sense of worth, enoughness, connectedness. See, we got into real trouble when post-fall Adam looked into Eve's gaze, desperately needing her measurement of his worth, and vice versa. Before the fall, their identity cups were regularly topped off by God from his gaze, his evaluations. I mean, I imagine they heard or felt the creator saying to both of them equally, you are my beloved child with whom I'm well pleased. But in the godless vacuum post-fall, they became totally dependent upon measurements from each other. And that didn't go well. And so glorious speech. Humanity, male and female, equally is created to need a God-sourced power that can begin to make us experience today the vast love of Christ for us, male and female, and for others, male and female. That same power gives us access to this fullness of God, kind of a mystery, Ephesians 3, uh, that among other things, I think it can begin to fill our crack, bone-dry identity cups a little or a lot so that we don't need the assessment and appreciation of others so much. And the key word is need. If Gloria could experience that a little bit more, I believe her frustration would be just a little bit less. Am I right? I mean, even with all of her real-life issues, I'm not second-guessing that. I'm not second-guessing what she's feeling. Look, I got it. And I'm counting on that power for me daily. Meaning, the more I feel Jesus' love for me as I am, no matter what sex, what color, no matter whether I am attractive as Barbie or Ken or not, or whether I'm appreciated by others as much or at all, no matter what uglies I think I have, how big a failure I am, uh, how hard it is for me to succeed, whether I have the answer to what was I made for, I'm going to feel more loved, more lovable right now, and appreciated more a little or a lot because of God and his power. It's true for men or women. And also, the more the fullness of the Father is filling my cracked and leaky identity cup, the less I need others to fill my cup. I I don't need attaboys or attagirls from others as much. I won't need constant approval or any approval as much. People noticing me or acknowledging me or even thanking me as much, uh, I, I won't need to get that next promotion. I'm not saying that I'm better alone. Uh, not at all. Right? I think that's one of the subtle unfortunate uh, morals of the film, it seems to me. No, we're made for, we're relational. We're made for relationship, as we are. And so filled by God's love for me and this relationship more, more secure, I can actually appreciate compliments and acknowledgments uh, from others and relationship with others more. I wouldn't be as tied up in knots so that people will like me and appreciate me as much. If Ken felt this more, he would not need Barbie's love as much. And then the, the now new, more filled with the fullness of God model of Ken could just appreciate Barbie more without desperately needing for his own identity or, frankly, stalking her. Maybe then the unfair and unjust gap between the societal values of men and women would collapse a little bit or a lot in our lifetime. Wouldn't that be great? See, I think that we will only really make a dent in sex discrimination when kins in particular begin more and more to find their worth and value and identity primarily in the gaze of Jesus. Well, here's theologian John Barclay talking about the good news for frustrated Barbies, kins, and glorias. The gift of Christ was the definitive act of divine grace and was an incongruous gift given without regard to worth. 
because this gift did not fit with previous criteria of value. Think of our societal split. The Christ event has recalibrated all systems of worth, men and women, whereas good gifts were and still are normally thought to be distributed best to fitting or worthy recipients. Paul took the Christ gift, the ultimate gift of God to the world, to be given without regard to worth and in the absence of worth, an unconditioned or incongruous gift that did not match the worth of its recipients, but created it. So Ken, Barbies and Glorias are invited to realize that their real core worth has always been created by the Christ event, not in the wash of benefits of a patriarchal culture has afforded them or withheld from them historically. Then perhaps there is a shining new motivation to work even more to make sure that the playing field is leveled. God's love, Jesus' love is for the unlovable, the unlovely, the unloved, or specifically in the context of the Barbie movie, those who are feeling unlovable or unloved or unlovely unless we do these certain things. Isn't that's what Gloria is really longing for, I think? I think Ken, I think Alan, weird Barbie too. Did the movie offer any real change? I mean, does the recovered Barbie land look better, more fulfilled? Or does the real world see their error and change their ways? No, I don't think so. I don't see any hope for that. I mean, granted, the speech eloquently gives frustrated women voice. Good, check, but no real power to change. Right? More frustration. I mean, in the end, Ken and Barbie apologize to each other. That's good. But there are no movement towards a relationship, right? Where theoretically, will be it'll be good, right? None of that. Both remain independent and, ah, gosh, from Ken's point of view, lonely. Ken admits that patriarchy wasn't his thing. It wasn't as good as he thought it would be. Cool, cool. Barbie tells Ken to go and find himself without her. And the implication is then maybe, I guess, that he'd be happier. Feel, I think he feels pretty lonely. Barbie decides that the answer to her question, what was I made for, is to become human. Uh, really? And be found in the real world. And by the way, in Los Angeles. I don't think so. Tell me what you think, women. Bill at gospel-app.com. I think that she's in for a rude awakening. And remember the last scene, spoiler alert, she has her first appointment with a gynecologist. Funny, and that can't be good. Gloria, her relationship with her daughter is on the right path finally, but she's still stuck in the real world, right, uh, as a woman. So I think all in all it's an unsatisfying ending for me now that I think about it. In the end, I think that the movie nailed the comfort food, fun, feel-good memories for the many women and girls for whom Barbies played such an important part of their growing childhood years. Great job. I think it also began to help encapsulate, give words to the questions and issues that so many women are feeling. I think it gave voice to frustrated women who were wondering, what was I made for? So good job on that as well. Check. You know, I don't think it gave a real pathway to fix the problems. I'm guessing that it was never meant to. And okay, back to Whoopi. It's just a movie about a doll. So better news, Kins, Barbies, and Glorious. You can begin to access power from God now. How simple. We've designed a tool. It's helped so many Kins and Barbies and Glorias to say this simple and cluttered gospel twice a day for 45 days. Say it aloud, word for word. There is actual science involved. For now, just sit back. Listen to it uh, as I say it 
All good, by the way, play the What Am I Made For song in the background. Here it is. Jesus followers, strictly because of what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago, God actually loves you. He loves you with all of his heart, as much as the Father loves the Son, and the Son loves the Father. He can't love you any more or any less than he does right now. Ken's equally Barbies. He loves you as you are, not as you should be or could be, Gloria. You can't add to this love or take away from it. Now, I get it. It often feels like you've messed it up or need to do something so that God would like you better. Not so. How do you experience the more now simple good news? There is something that you can do in the real world that are invited to do. You can take daily baby steps to ask the spirit inside of you to make you know, experience and feel just how much God loves you right now. Just ask Ask again to later today, ask tomorrow, make it a spiritual habit. Well, do you hear it? This is so much better than Barbie land. Uh, and definitely better than Venice Beach, right? So what struck you? Was there new hope uh, that you would begin to feel appreciated, at least in one relationship, loved, feel lovely, feel lovable, at least in one relationship, feel worthy? Did you feel a little bit of the love of Christ for you? And if so, then dance. Keep saying the simple uncluttered gospel loud twice a day, 45 days. We're in the realm of displacing deeply rooted habits. Get a packet of the bookmarks from either the gospel-app.com or gospelrant.com. They're inexpensive. Buy a bunch. Hand them out to family, friends, Bible studies. Send them to Barbie land. Hey, help us get the word out about this new God's Love for the Unlovable series, particularly to women. They will thank you. If you have benefited from this podcast, please give a comment wherever you listen to podcasts and officially follow the program. Thank you ahead of time. Hey, Greta Gerwig, I'm sure you're listening. I have a new book about a long-overlooked and underappreciated women in the Old Testament. It should be published soon. I'm trying to give them voice. I think it might make a great series. Thoughts? I need a director. If you want to know when it gets published, drop me an email, bill at gospel-app.com. And also let me know what you think about this show. I would really appreciate it. Well, this movie review of Barbie was a special midweek Gospel Rant podcast. We are still finishing up the Song of Songs series on our regular Sunday podcast. Please follow. We're on the last two movements, six and seven. They are all about the transformation of the queen from this transforming love of the king. By the way, this is the same thing his love still does today and tomorrow and the next day. Check it out. Another favor, make sure you follow this podcast. I'm beginning a new series on September 24th. Back in February, I did a three-part podcast series on the love of God for the unlovable, the unloved, and the unlovely. It was around Valentine's Day. It was very popular, very well-received. So many of you not only listened to them, but passed them on. Thanks, by the way. So I'm reprising and expanding and clarifying the series, building upon it. I've updated the core three podcasts, Your Brain and Love, Right What Happens in Your Brain, Ancient History of Love, and Silencing of Eros. The last two have to do with uh, the, the ancient Romans' view of love. Those three podcasts alone were designed to help us see more clearly just how confusing the whole topic of love really is today, even within the church. Our view of love looks so much more like the ancient Romans than Paul's. Then uh, we turn, after those three, we turn to look at case studies of just what happens with the unloved, the unlovely, and the unlovables bump into God's love. There's the unlovable Samaritan woman, the rich young ruler, the prostitute. 
We will likely go to the Old Testament as well. Gomer, that's an amazing study of God's intervention for a sex addict. Oh my goodness. Well, you get the idea. Starting September 24th, it'll go till uh, we begin our Christmas series. This could, I'm telling you, this could really ignite real change in your life, your family, your worship, your prayers, uh, your church, and, and hey, look, maybe even the country. All right. So please follow. Pass on the word about the Gospel Rant. It's very important. If there were a thousand people who followed or better commented about this show, oh my goodness, you'd be surprised about how many people, uh, random people would take a chance and listen to the Gospel Rant for 30 minutes. Could change lives. Send me comments. I'll post the best on my website, bill at gospel-app.com. Thanks to Life Audio for their support. And as always, take heart, child of God. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.